Welcome to Volume 6 of the Enchanted Isle of You. Chapter 19 The Reunion of the Haikai The twins of Twi were too startled and amazed to offer a fight with the odd people surrounding them. Even the executioners allowed their axes to fall harmlessly to the ground, and the double people, soldiers and citizens alike turned to stare at the strangers in wonder. We're here, Prince, yelled Wul Takin his bristly beard showing over the heads of those who stood between. Thank you, answered Prince Marble. And the men of Spore are here, added King Terribus, who was mounted on a fine milk-white charger, richly caparisoned. I thank the men of Spore, returned Prince Marble graciously. Shall we cut your foes into small pieces, or would you prefer to hang them? questioned the king of the reformed thieves, loudly enough to set most of the hearers shivering. But now the little maiden yellow stepped up to Prince Marble, and regarding the youthful knight with considerable awe, said sweetly, I beg you will pardon my people and spare them. They are usually good and loyal subjects, and if they fought against me, their lawful high kai, it was only because they were misled by my separation from my other half. That is true, replied the prince. And as you are still the lawful High Kai of Twi, I will leave you to deal with your people as you see fit. For those who have conquered your people are but your own allies, and are still under your orders, as I am myself. Hearing this, the green High Kai walked up to her twin High Kai and said boldly, I am your prisoner. It is now your turn. Do with me as you will. I forgive you, replied her sister in kindly tones. Then the little maid, who had met with defeat, gave a sob and turned away weeping, for she had expected anything but forgiveness. And now the Kai Kai came forward, and bowing their handsome blonde heads before the High Kai demanded, Are, are we, we forgiven, forgiven also? also? Yes, said the girl, but you are no longer fit to be rulers of my people, therefore you are henceforth deprived of your honorable offices of Kai Kai, which I shall now bestow upon these good captains here and she indicated the good-natured officers who had first captured the prince and Nurl. The people of Twi eagerly applauded this act, for the captains were more popular with them than the former Kai Kai, but the blonde ones both flushed with humiliation and anger and said, The, the captains, captains fought, fought against, against you even, even as, as we, we did. did. Yes, but the captains only obeyed your orders, returned the Kai Kai. So I hold them blameless. And, and what, what is, is to become, become of us now? now? asked the former Kai Kai. You will belong to the common people and earn your living playing tunes for them to dance to, answered the High Kai, and at this retort everyone laughed, so that the handsome youths turned away with their twin skulls upon their faces and departed amidst the jeers of the crowd. Better hang him to a tree, little one, shouted Wul Takim in his big voice. They won't enjoy life much anyhow. But the maid shook her pretty head and turned to the prince. "'Will you stay here and help me to rule my kingdom?' she asked. "'I cannot do that,' replied Prince Marvel, 
for I am but a wandering adventurer, and must soon continue my travels. But I believe you will be able to rule your people without my help. It is not so easy a task, she answered, sighing, for I am singular, and my people are all double. Well, let us hold a meeting in your palace, said the prince, and then we can decide what is best to be done. So they dismissed the people who cheered their haikai enthusiastically, returning quietly to their daily tasks, and gossip that was sure to follow such important events as they had witnessed. The army of King Terebus and the fifty-nine reformed Thebes went to the twin palaces of the Kai and the Kai Kai, and made merry with feasting and songs to celebrate their conquest, and the Hai Kai, followed by the Prince, Nurl, King Terebus, and Wul Takim, as well as the Kai and the newly appointed Kai Kai, mounted the silver steps and passed over the wall to the royal palaces. The green Hai Kai followed them, still weeping disconsolately. When they had all reached the throne room, the Hai Kai seated herself on one of the beautiful thrones and said, by some strange chance, which I am unable to explain, my twin and I have become separated, so that instead of thinking and acting alike we are now individuals, as are all the strange men who have passed through the hole in the hedge, and being individuals we can no longer agree, nor can one of us lawfully rule over the kingdom of Twi, where all the subjects are twins, thinking and acting in unison. Said Prince Marvel, Your Highness, I alone can explain why you became separated from your twin. By means of a fairy enchantment, which I learned years ago, I worked upon you a spell which compelled your brain to work independently of your sister's brain. It seems to me it is better each person should think her own thoughts and live her own life, rather than be yoked to another person and obliged to think and act as a twin, or one half of a complete whole. And since you are now the one Haikai and the acknowledged ruler of this country, I will agree to work the same fairy spell upon all your people, so that no longer will there be twin minds in all this land of Twi. But, but all the cows and dogs and horses and other animals are double, as well as the people, suggested the old Kai, blinking their little eyes in amazement at the thought of being forever separated from each other. I can also work the spell upon all the twin animals, said the prince after a moment's hesitation. And all our houses are built double, with twin doors and windows and chimneys, to accommodate our twin people, continued the High Kai. And the trees and the flowers, even the blades of grass are all double. Our roads are double, and, and everything else is double. I alone, the ruler of this land, am singular. Prince Marvel became thoughtful now, for he did not know how to separate trees and flowers, and it would be a tedious task to separate the twin houses. "'Why not leave this country as it is?' asked King Terribus of Spore. "'The Haikai is welcome to come to my castle to live, "'and then she need no longer bother about the land of Twi, "'which seems to me a poor place after all. "'And your sister may come with me to my cave "'and be queen of the reformed Thebes, "'which is a much more important office than being a Haikai of Twi,' "'added Big Wool Takim, who had placed the maiden in green "'upon a cushion at his feet,' and was striving to comfort her by gently stroking her silken hair with his rough hand. "'But I love my country and do not wish to leave it,' answered the yellow high Kai. "'And I love my twin sister and regret that our minds have become separated,' she continued sadly. "'Ah, have it!' exclaimed Nurl. "'Let the prince reunite you, making you regular twins of Twi again, and then you can continue to rule the country as the double high Kai, and everything will be as it was before.' 
The yellow haikai clapped her pink hands with delight and looked eagerly at the prince. Will you? she asked. Will you please reunite us, and then all our troubles will be ended? This really seemed to Marvel the best thing to be done, so he led the maiden green to the other throne, where she had once sat, and after replacing the golden crown upon her brow, he whispered a fairy spell of much mystical power. Then the prince stepped back and regarded the maidens earnestly, and after a moment both the high kai smiled upon him in unison and said, speaking the same words, in the same voices, and with the same accents, Thank you very much. Chapter 20 Quietoffel the Tyrant Having restored the high kai to their former condition, to the great joy of the ancient kai, Prince Marvel led his friends back to the palaces where his men were waiting. They were just in time to prevent serious trouble, for the fifty-eight reformed thieves had been boasting of their prowess to the huge giants and the tiny dwarves of King Terebus, and this had resulted in a quarrel as to which were the best fighters. Had not their masters arrived at the right moment, there would certainly have been a fierce battle and much bloodshed, and all over something of no importance. Terebus and Wultakim soon restored order, and then they accompanied the Kai and the Kai Kai to the public square, where the people were informed that their supreme highnesses, the High Kai, had been reunited and would thereafter rule them with twin minds as well as twin bodies. There was great rejoicing at this news, for every twin in Twi was glad to have his troubles ended so easily and satisfactorily. That night the Riles and Nooks and other invisible friends of Prince Marvel came and removed the dividing wall between the twin palaces of the High Kai, repairing speedily all the damage that had been done. And when our friends called upon the High Kai the next morning, they found the two maids again dressed exactly alike in yellow robes, with strings of sparkling emeralds for ornament, and not even Prince Marvel could now tell one of the High Kai from the other. As for the maids themselves, it seemed difficult to imagine they had ever existed apart for a single moment. They were very pleasant and agreeable to their new friends, and when they heard that Prince Marvel was about to leave them to seek new adventures, they said, Please, take, take us, us with, with you. It, it seems to us that we, that we ought, ought to know something of the big outside world from whence you came. came. If, if we, we see, see other kingdoms and people, we shall, shall better be able to rule our own wisely. That seems reasonable, answered Marvel. "'and I shall be very glad to have you accompany me. "'But who will rule the land of Twi in your absence?' "'The Kai Kai shall be rulers,' answered the High Kai. "'And we shall take the Kai with us.' "'Then I will delay my departure until tomorrow morning,' said the Prince, "'in order that your highnesses may have time to prepare for the journey.' "'And then he went back to the palaces of the other rulers "'where the Kai expressed themselves greatly pleased at the idea of travelling, and the new Kai Kai were proud to learn they should rule for some time the land of Twi. Wul Takim also begged to join the party, and also did King Terebus, who had never before been outside of his own kingdom of Spore. So Prince Marvel willingly consented. The fifty-eight reformed thieves, led by Gunda, returned to their cave, where they were living comfortably on the treasure Prince Marvel had given them and the grey men and giants and dwarves of Spore departed for their own country. In the morning Prince Marvel led his own gay cavalcade through the hole in the hedge, and they rode merrily away in search of adventure. By his side were the high Kai mounted upon twin chestnut ponies that had remarkably slender limbs and graceful arched necks, 
The ponies moved with exactly the same steps, and shook their manes and swished their tails at exactly the same time. Behind the prince and the high kai were King Terebus, riding his great white charger, and Wool Takim on a stout horse of jet-black colour. The two ancient kai and Nurl, being of lesser rank than the others, brought up the rear. When, when we, we return, return to our land of Twi, said the high kai, we, we shall close up for all time the hole you made in the hedge, for, for if we, we are, are different from the rest of the world, it is, it is better that we remain in seclusion. I think it is right you should do that, replied Prince Marvel. Yet I do not regret that I cut a hole in your hedge. It was the hedge that delayed us in coming more promptly to your assistance, said Terebus. For we had hard work to find the hole you made, and so lost much valuable time. All is well that ends well, laughed the prince. You certainly came in good time to rescue us from our difficulties. They turned into a path that led to Oriel, which Nurl had heard spoken of as the kingdom of the setting sun. Soon the landscape grew very pleasant to look upon, the meadows being broad and green, with groups of handsome trees standing about. The twilight of the land of Twi was now replaced by bright sunshine, and in the air was the freshness of the nearby sea. At evening they came to a large farmhouse, where the owner welcomed them hospitably and gave them the best his house afforded. In answer to their questions about the kingdom of Oriel, he shook his head sadly and replied, "'It's a rich and beautiful country, but has fallen under great misfortunes, for when the good king died about two years ago, the kingdom was seized by a fierce and cruel sorcerer named Quitoful, who rules the people with great severity.' and makes them bring him all their money and valuable possessions. So everyone is now very poor and unhappy. That's a great pity in a country so fair and fertile. But why do the people not rebel? asked Nell. They dare not rebel, answered the farmer, because they fear the sorcery of Quitoffel. If they do not obey him, he threatens to change them into grasshoppers and june bugs. Has he ever changed anyone into a grasshopper or a june bug? Aspirin's marvel. No, but the people are too frightened to oppose him, so he does not get the opportunity, and he has an army of fierce soldiers who are accustomed to beat the people terribly if they don't carry out every bit of wealth to the sorcerer. So there's no choice but to obey him. We certainly ought to hang this wicked creature, exclaimed Wultakim. I wish I'd brought my fool killer with me, sighed King Terebus for I could have kept him quite busy in this kingdom. Cannot something be done to rescue these poor people from their sad fate? asked the lovely Haikai anxiously. We will make a call upon this Quetoful tomorrow, answered Prince Marvel, and see what the fellow is like. Alas, alas, wailed the good farmer, you'll all become grasshoppers and june bugs, every one of you. But none of the party seemed to fear that, and having passed the night comfortably with the farmer, they left his house and journeyed on into the kingdom of Oriel. Before noon they came upon the edge of the forest, where a poor man was chopping logs into firewood. Seeing Prince Marble's party approach, the man ran toward them, waving his hands and shouting excitedly, "'Take the other path! Take the other path!' "'And why should we take the other path?' inquired the prince, reining in his steed. "'Because this one leads to the castle of the great sorcerer, Quitoffel,' answered the man. "'But that is where we wish to go,' said Marvel. 
"'What? You wish to go there?' cried the man. "'Then you'll be robbed and enslaved!' "'Not as long as we're able to fight,' laughed the big wool Takim. "'If you resist the sorcerer, you'll be turned into grasshoppers and june bugs,' declared the man, staring at them in wonder. "'How do you know that?' asked Marvel. "'Kotafel says so. He promised to enchant everyone who dares to defy his power.' "'Has anyone ever yet dared defy him?' asked Nerl. "'Certainly not,' said the man. "'No one wishes to become a Junebug or a Grasshopper. No one dares defy him.' "'I am anxious to see this sorcerer,' exclaimed King Terribus. "'He ought to prove an interesting person, for he is able to accomplish his purposes by threats alone.' "'Then let us ride on,' said Marvel. "'Dear, dear us, dear us,' remonstrated the bald-headed Kai. Are, Are we, we to, to become, become grasshoppers, grasshoppers, then? We shall see, returned the prince briefly. With your long legs, added the pretty pair of high kai laughingly, you ought to be able to jump farther than any other grasshopper in the kingdom. Great Kaikakoo! cried the kai nervously. What a fate! What a terrible fate! And, and your highness is, I suppose, will become June bugs and flutter your wings with noises like buzz saws. Chapter 21 The Wonderful Book of Magic Whatever their fears might be, none of Prince Marvel's party hesitated to follow him along the path through the forest in search of the sorcerer, and by and by they came upon a large clearing. In the middle of this open space was a big building in such bad repair that its walls were tumbling down in several places, and all around it on the ground was littered with rubbish. A man was walking up and down in front of this building, with his head bowed low, but when he heard the sound of approaching horses' hooves, he looked up and stared for a moment in amazement. Then, with a shout of rage, he rushed toward them and caught Prince Marvel's horse by the bridle. "'How dare you!' he cried. "'How dare you enter my forest!' Marvel jerked his bridle from the man's grasp and said in return, "'Who are you?' "'Me! Who am I?' I am the great and powerful Quetafel, so beware, beware my sorcery! They all looked at the man curiously. He was short and fat, and had a face like a puffball, with little red eyes and scarcely any nose at all. He wore a black gown with scarlet grasshoppers and june bugs embroidered upon the cloth, and his hat was high and peaked, with an imitation grasshopper of extraordinary size perched upon its point. In his right hand he carried a small black wand, and around his neck hung a silver whistle on a silver cord. Seeing that the strangers were gazing at him earnestly, Quitoffel thought they were frightened. So he said again in a big voice, "'Beware my vengeance!' "'Beware yourself,' retorted the prince. "'For if you do not treat us more respectfully, I shall have you flogged.' "'What? Flog me!' shouted Quitoffel furiously. For this I will turn every one of you into grasshoppers, unless you at once give me all the wealth you possess. Poor man, exclaimed Nerl. I can see you're longing for that flogging. Will you have it now? He raised his riding whip above his head. Quitoffel stumbled backwards a few paces and blew shrilly upon his silver whistle. Instantly a number of soldiers came running from the building. Others following quickly after them, until fully a hundred rough-looking warriors, armed with swords and axes, had formed in battle array, facing the little party of Prince Marvel. 
Arrest these strangers! commanded Quartoffel in a voice like a roar. Capture them and bind them securely, and then I will change them all into grasshoppers! All right, said the captain of the soldiers, and then he turned to his men and shouted, Forward! Double quick! March! They came on with drawn swords, at first running, and then gradually dropping into a walk, as they beheld Nurl, Wultakim, King Terebus, and Marvel standing quietly waiting to receive them, weapons in hand and ready for battle. A few paces off, the soldiers hesitated and stopped altogether, and Quitoffel yelled at the captain, Why don't you go on? Why don't you capture them? Why don't you fight them? Why, they kept drawn their swords, responded the captain reproachfully. Who cares? roared the sorcerer. We care, said the captain, giving a shudder as he looked upon the strangers. Their swords are sharp, and some of us might get hurt. You're cowards, shrieked the enraged Quitoffel. I'll turn you all into June bugs. At this threat, the soldiers dropped their swords and axes, and all fell upon their knees, trembling visibly, and imploring their cruel master not to change them into June bugs. Bah! cried Nell scornfully. Why don't you fight? If we kill you, then you'll escape being June bugs. The fact is, said the captain woefully, we simply can't fight, for our swords are only tin and our axes are made of wood, with silver paper pasted over them. Why is that? asked Wultakim, while the party showed their surprise. Why, until now, we never had any need to fight, said the captain. For everyone has quickly surrendered to us or run away the moment we came near. But you people don't appear to be properly frightened. And now, since you have drawn upon us the great sorcerer's anger, we shall be transformed into June bugs. Yes, roared Quitoffel, hopping up and down with anger. You'll all be June bugs, and these strangers I'll transform into grasshoppers. Very well, said Prince Marvel quietly. You can do it now. I will, I will. Well, why don't you begin? inquired the prince. Why don't I begin? Why, I haven't got the enchantments with me, that's why. Do you suppose we great magicians carry around enchantments in our pockets? returned the other in a milder tone. Where do you keep your enchantments, then? asked the prince. They're in my dwelling, snapped Quitoffel, taking off his hat and fanning his face with the brim. Then go and get them, said Marvel. Nonsense! If I went to get the enchantments, you would all run away, retorted the sorcerer. Not so, protested Nurl, who was beginning to be amused. My greatest longing in life is to become a grasshopper. Oh, yes, please, let us be grasshoppers exclaimed the high kai maids in the same breath. We want to hop! We want to hop! Please, please, let us hop! implored the bald-headed kai, winking their left eyes at Wultakim. By all means, let us become grasshoppers, said King Terebus, smiling, and Wultakim added, I'm sure your soldiers would enjoy being June bugs, for then they wouldn't have to work. Isn't that so, boys? The bewildered soldiers looked at one another in perplexity. The still more bewildered sorcerer gazed on the speakers with staring eyes and wide-open mouth. "'I insist,' said Prince Marvel, "'upon your turning us into grasshoppers, and your soldiers into June bugs, as you promised. If you do not, then I will flog you, as I promised.' 
Very well, returned the sorcerer with a desperate look upon his face. I'll go and find the enchantment. And we'll go with you, remarked the prince pleasantly. So the entire party accompanied Quartoffel into the house, where they entered a large room that was in a state of much disorder. Let me see, said the sorcerer, rubbing his ears as if trying to think. I wonder if I put him in this cupboard. You see, he explained, no one has ever before dared me to transform them into a June bug or grasshopper, so I've almost forgotten where I keep my book of enchantments. No, it's in the cupboard, he continued looking there. But it must surely be in this chest. It was not in the chest either. And so the sorcerer continued to look in all sorts of queer places for his book of enchantments, without finding it. Whenever he paused in his search, Prince Marvel would say sternly, Go on, find the book, hunt it up. We're all anxious to become grasshoppers. And then Quartoffel would set to work again, although big drops of perspiration were now streaming down his face. Finally, he pulled out an old book from underneath the pillow of his bed and crying, Here it is! carried it to the window. He turned a few leaves of the book and then said, How unfortunate! The compound I require to change you into grasshoppers must be mixed on the first day of September. As it's now the eighth day of September, I must wait nearly a year before I can accomplish the enchantment. How about June bugs? asked Nell. Woo, ah, the June bug mixture can only be made at the dark of the moon, said the sorcerer, pretending to read. And that's three weeks from now. Let me read it, said Prince Marvel, suddenly snatching the book from Quitoffel's hands. He turned to the title page and read, Lives of Famous Thieves and Impostors. This is not a book of enchantments. That's what I suspected, said Terribus. No one but a sorcerer can read the enchantments in this book, declared Quitoffel, but he hung his head with a sheepish look, for he knew his deception had been well understood. Is your own history written in this volume? inquired Marvel. No, answered the sorcerer. Then it ought to be, said the prince, for you are no sorcerer at all, but merely a thief and an impostor. Chapter 22 The Queen of Plenta The soldiers of Quitoffel wanted to hang their old master at once, for he had won their enmity by abusing them in many ways. But Prince Marvel would not let them do this. However, they tied the false sorcerer to a post, and the captain gave him a good whipping, one lash for each letter in the words Grasshopper and Junebug. Quitoffel howled loudly for mercy, but no one was at all sorry for him. Wultakim tied a rope around the impostor's neck, and when the party left the castle, they journeyed all through the kingdom of Oriel, and at every town or city they came to, the reformed thief would cry out to the populace, Here is the terrible sorcerer Quitoffel, who threatened to change you into grasshoppers and june bugs. But you may see that he's a very common man, with no powers of sorcery whatever. And then the people would laugh and pelt mud at their former tyrant, and thank Prince Marvel for having exposed the false and wicked creature and they called the son of their old king back to his lawful throne, where he ruled wisely and well, and the hoarded wealth of Quitoffel was divided among the people again, and soon the country became prosperous once more. This adventure was very amusing to the pretty high Kai of Twy. It afforded them laughter for many days, 
and none of the party ever saw a grasshopper or a June bug afterwards without thinking of the terrible sorcerer Quitoffel. They left that disgraced person grooming horses for his board in the stables of the new king and proceeded on their journey. Without further event, they reached the splendid southern kingdom of Plenta, which was the most delightfully situated of any dominion in the enchanted Isle of Yew. It was ruled by a good and generous queen who welcomed the strangers to her palace and gave a series of gay entertainments in their honor. King Terribus was especially an object of interest, for everyone had heard his name and feared him and his fierce people. But when they beheld his pleasant countenance and listened to his gentle voice, they began to regard him with much love and respect. And really, Terribus was worthy of their friendship, since he had changed from a deformed monster into an ordinary man, and had forbidden his people ever again to rob and plunder their weaker neighbors. But the most popular personages visiting at the court of the Queen of Plenta were the lovely High Kai of Twi. Although beautiful girls abounded in this kingdom, none could compare with the royal twins, and their peculiar condition only served to render them the more interesting. Two youths would approach the High Kai at the same time and invite them to dance, and in united voices they would accept the invitation and go whirling around the room with exactly the same steps. "'laughing at the same instant and enjoying the dance equally. "'But if one youth asked his partner a question, "'both the twins would make answer, "'and that was sure to confuse and embarrass the youth. "'Still the maids managed very well to adapt themselves "'to the ways of the people who were singular, "'although they sometimes became a little homesick of Twi, "'where they were like all the other people. "'The bald-headed Kai kept watchful eyes on their youthful rulers "'and served them very cheerfully.' But with all their travels and experiences, the old men could never be convinced it was better to be singular than double. Prince Marvel was the real hero of the party, and Nerle received much attention on account of his master's popularity. He did not seem as unhappy as usual, and when the prince inquired the reason, his esquire answered that he believed the excitement of their adventures was fast curing him of his longing for something he could not have. As for the pleasure of suffering, he had had some experience of that too, and it was not nearly so delightful as he had expected. Wool Takim was not a society man, so he stayed around the royal stables and made friends with the grooms, and traded his big black horse for two bay ones and a gold neck chain, and was fairly content with his lot. And so the party enjoyed several happy weeks at the court of the good Queen of Plenta, until one day the terrible news arrived that carried them once more into exciting adventures.